0: Today's episode is supported by Midnight Burger, a comedy fiction podcast about the adventures of a time-traveling, dimension-spanning diner. Stick around after the episode to hear their trailer and a little about their show. And now, on with the episode. Lost and Found, 1958 Giovanni Moon – Various Materials Giovanni Moon created this installation from unclaimed items found at the estate between the years 1943 and 1957. During this time period, the thrifted item department had not yet been established in the Godfrey gift shop, and there were noticeably fewer instances of living darkness devouring lost items. The reason for this remains unknown. But as a result... Moon had a wider range of objects at their disposal than they might otherwise have had. Moon was fascinated with the liminal quality inherent to any lost and found item. A thing lost by its original owner, yet found by someone else. It is both things and neither, locked in a transitional state. Moon saw a similar reality in people, ever-changing in who and what they are, forever in flux. And as such... They assembled this ragtag collection of items into approximations of human silhouettes, the frames for which are made out of steel wires. Fourteen years of unclaimed objects allows for quite a bit of variety among the figures. One, for example, is composed entirely of watches, all dangling or strapped to the vaguely human shaped wire frame wristwatches and pocket watches, even a sundial, strangely enough. And if you look closely, you'll see that no two clock faces show the same time, representative of the disparate people who wore and eventually lost these timepieces. Another is assembled entirely from jewelry. Rings, bracelets, necklaces, earrings. A glittering collection of baubles ranging in value from pure diamond to cheap copper tinging green from wear and age. Another still is papered entirely in photographs from unclaimed wallets, billfolds, and purses. A collage of faded, torn, folded, and otherwise well-loved pictures of well-loved people. For who would carry an image of someone with them if the person in the photo were not held dear? And yet another is papered with receipts from those same unclaimed wallets, billfolds, and purses. A collage of places gone, of goods and services purchased. A paper trail of so many lives' moments, big and small. So many stories within each and every item compounding into a massive tale of lives lived, offering the briefest glimpses into the natures of those who originally bore them. What might a stranger glean about you, should they stumble upon a lost item of yours? What secrets might it reveal? In this installation, there are a handful of figures with items that reveal more about their past owners than others. These are the figures bedecked in full sets of clothes, entire ensembles, down to accessories and practical accoutrements like reading glasses on a chain, or house keys poking out of a pocket. Each of these figures, every last one, is assembled from the belongings of a single person, or rather, several single persons, one for each figure. How did we know each gathered collection of items belonged to the same individual? In each case, estate staff found every object piled in a poorly lit, out-of-the-way corner of the estate, with no sign of their owner. A person lost, their belongings found. It is from these figures, the ones with these complete sets, that guests have sometimes reported the feeling of being watched of a shiver passing down the spine when looking at where the figure's face would be if they had faces, as if something lost is looking back, wanting to be found.
1: Forgetting the way. We await them, the forgotten, to be forgotten, is to be lost, lost before the end, a kind of death, remembering may save them for a time, may summon the lost, the forgotten, the dead, back into the known, but memory is fallible, an imperfect foundation upon which to reconstruct the lost, reconstructions which last only until the rememberer is forgotten too.
0: This has been a word from our sponsor. The Disquieting Muses, 1916-1918 Giorgio de Chirico, Oil on Canvas Take a good long look at the muses of this painting's title and ask yourself, why are they disquieting? Is it in how De Chirico depicts those three figures? Maybe stone statues, maybe not. Maybe human almost, but not quite. Not with those heads, those smooth, oblong shapes, more reminiscent of pieces in a chess set than anything else. Is it that they appear simultaneously out of place and right at home, situated in front of an urban skyline, Bathed in the warm light of a setting sun, and surrounded by a number of colorful and disparate objects, all while the shadows lengthen around them. Or rather, is it that, odd though these muses may look, the disquiet comes less from their appearance, and more from the thoughts that they inspire? Others have certainly thought so. The famed poet and author Sylvia Plath wrote a poem of the same name, inspired by this painting. These muses disquieted her to the point of creation, haunted her until she wrote them into a new form, a new medium, in an attempt to purge them from her thoughts. For muses do haunt their subjects, don't they? Their very existence summons the spark of an idea for someone to pluck from the ether. And in the moment when someone snatches that inspiration, the muses claim that person as their own. Haunt them with infinite iterations of the new, the different, of all that could be. Haunt them with those frightening visions. For the new and the different suggest change. And change, however good or necessary, is still frightening. Frightening too is the knowledge that once one kernel, one spark of an idea solidifies out of the infinite unimagined, it cannot be unknown cannot be brushed aside or forgotten. It will burrow like a splinter into the mind. The only remedy? To grab hold of it and pull it free. To grasp it and in so doing make it tangible. To make it into a thing that exists and lives on its own, separate from the person who pulled it into existence in the first place. Which is also a disquieting thought. For so rarely do ideas manifest as intended in their initial emergence. They are often fragile, confused, messy. Such is true of all kinds of births. And in all kinds of births, worry is there. Worry over whether or not this fragile and messy thing is strong enough to survive. Worry over whether it will grow beyond just the seed of an idea gifted by these muses. This thing that is offered, along with the task, the challenge, to make something of it. Perhaps that is the most disquieting thing of all about DeKiriko's muses. The unspoken weight of expectation as they watch to see how the recipient of their gift will manifest it. As they wait to see how it will be shaped into something new.
1: Thank you for listening to the Godfrey Audio Guide. This episode was written and produced by Nicole Knudsen, with sound design and editing by James Ferrero, and featured performances by Nicole Knudsen and James Ferrero. It was produced on unceded Tongva, Chumash, and Keech territory. Enjoying your trip to the estate? Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. And consider telling a friend about us, or two, or three, or everyone you know. To keep up with The Godfrey, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Godfrey Guide, or visit our website, thegodfreeaudioguide.com. For Godfrey merchandise, visit our online store, thegodfreeaudioguide.threadless.com. And finally, if you're interested in becoming a sustaining member of the show, make sure to visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash thegodfreeaudioguide. In addition to our various membership tiers, you'll also find full episode transcripts available as public posts for any who wish to read them. Until next time, friends, see you back at the museum.
0: Hello, Intrepid listeners, it's Nicole Knutsen. As mentioned earlier, this episode is supported by Midnight Burger an audio drama that The Guardian calls a must-listen indie podcast, and BBC Radio calls a beautiful, kind, wonderful story. I couldn't agree more. Personally, I'm a sucker for stories about found families, and at its core, Midnight Burger is about a group of people, all of whom are a little lost in their own ways, finding each other across the reaches of time and space, in a dimension-hopping diner. It's as funny and sweet as it sounds. You can find and listen to Midnight Burger anywhere you listen to podcasts, or just go to weopenat6.com. And now, here's their trailer.
1: Hi, folks. Let me see if I can sum up Midnight Burger in about 25 seconds.
0: Really, Big Monster? Zero irony. Pardon me, Gloria. Might my husband and I
1: have a word? The radio is talking to me. A space pirate. There's a pocket dimension in the deep freeze. This is the stupidest dystopia we've ever been to. What the hell is that?
0: Because you're having a cigarette in 415 million B.C.? Where are we? Space.
1: Can you narrow that down? The bad... Ava. Yeah, that didn't work at all. At the nexus of all things, there is a diner. Look for Midnight Burger on your favorite podcasting app or just go to weopenat6.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it